Welcome to the Sisterhood of Secrets, where we explore the world of weird. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Sisterhood of Secrets. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Taylor. Um, Sarah, just to let you know, I have a large coffee in my hand right now. There will be no yawns today. She'll probably yawn to the mic. Um, I turn my head away. Taylor, it is the clearest. We hear your yawns better than we hear your voice. I don't understand. Guys, I turn my whole head away. I lean back. I'm practically doing back bends over here to not be in the mic when I yawn. At least you're trying. Yeah. I've actually never seen you do a back bend in the chair. If I have to do a back bend, we're done. (laughs) Like, we can't do this anymore. We're done. You're done. I can't. I can't get back up. I'm just stuck that way. Okay. We'll just leave you there in the chair. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I want to reach out and say hey to the new followers that we have on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks, guys. Hello. Welcome. 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 I don't know what that is. <laughs> so last week we did an episode on cursed objects. And we specifically talked about a book. I can't remember what the book is now. What was the book, Taylor? You could look in your notes. Yeah, that are right there next to. Uh, Let me just. It was a beautiful book. It had peacocks on it. It was gold. It had jewels encrusted on it. It had jewels, jewels on it. Julius, Julius on it. The Book of Omar. Um, and the Book of Omar was the first edition was lost on the Titanic. Dun, dun, dun. So, and we also one of our friends Taylor shot me a text and was like, "Dude." The Titanic is so interesting. And I was like, yes, we all went through this fascination. I don't know what, what age are you, Taylor? What are you thinking? What do you mean? What age am I now? Or what age was I then? When you fell in love with the Titanic? Oh, I don't know. It was that Mighty Joe Young (laughs) fucked me up. Like Titanic becomes an obsession for like everybody. I think at some point, it's just a big ship and Egypt too, which is another thing people become obsessed with. Yeah, I was obsessed with it. Like, you're checking out all these books in the library. Well, we had to back in the day because we didn't have, you know. They don't check out books from the library? Um, I hope that people, that children do check out books from their local library. But I don't know if it's like a big thing as much as it was when we were kids because technology's at their fingertips. So, yeah, but like, you you can't just like buy a book. I mean, you can, but like. You definitely can. No, I just mean like these kids. Yeah. Be like, hey, mom, I'm going to buy this book and never read it. Like half the time you went to the library, you got like 27 books. You read one and you brought the rest of them back on time. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think, no one wants to be delinquent. Yeah. I think that it's um, it's dwindling down. But I do hope that the library is coming back because they do a lot of great things. Again, I our friend Marley, uh, she like runs a library situation. I don't really know. Are you saying library or Library. Library library she's an educator guys i said library you said berry library at least twice no i did not say library yeah my library i don't know what that is <laughs> but it ain't where books are kept anyway i hope that it's still a thing i hope the kids are going to the library and checking out books and if you have children take them to the library dude i love the library to this day i loved it's when easton was just first starting to read and we would always take him to that's the her l- friend's kid not her kid oh yeah her kid's not arrived yet no she's, she's taking her stomach to the bookstore she's yeah just, just like, like hey rubbing books on it <laughs> i'm pretty sure i'd get kicked the hell out ma'am why are you rubbing yourself with that book osmosis bitch <laughs> why don't you just read no this is how you do it it this absorbs you, it you get the knowledge and you rub the book on you don't know who created the father of this child is it could be an alien is it i don't know were you abducted and you didn't tell me you were probed no, and I was the God. God. I mean, kind of. <laughs> Every time I think of like an alien abduction pregnancy, I think of X-Files and that terrifies me. Oh my me. gosh. That is so, it's so good though. X-Files is so good. If you guys haven't watched it, watch it. Oh God, it. Stephanie's going to get on the spiel. Because <laughs> when Stephanie rediscovered X-Files, I don't know, like 10 years ago. Yeah. We lived together in her first house. Yeah. The first house they owned, excuse yeah. me. And I would come home from, you know, doing whatever I was doing. Probably nothing because I was running Running the streets. Yeah, it was running the streets for sure. Um, <laughs> and runner. Stephanie and Trevor are watching X-Files. Yep. I just like, Stephanie be like, you want to watch it? I'm like, nah. And I end up sitting down like in thrall. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you know, the husband. It's like, oh, what is this stupid show? And they sit down and watch it for like 30 minutes, you know. That's Have definitely you seen me. those TikToks? Yeah. 
<laughs> that is definitely me. Brady does that too, though. Yeah. Greg's anatomy. He's hooked. I. <laughs> Greg's anatomy. Greg's. <laughs> you remember on our medicine episode when I said Greg's anatomy? <laughs> I hope we have a listener named Greg, and I hope you really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's good. Because mm. I enjoyed that for you. All right, so. Let's get into our next episode. Since we kind of fell into this, like, our... Well, okay. Since we remembered our love of Titanic, and we've had our friends reach out and say, like, dude, the Titanic had a hold on me. And I'm like, yes, bro, me too. And then I just kind of... I got Christmas presents that were, like, Titanic-themed. Taylor had the box set of the With the original piece of film in there. I don't know if y'all know this. But those VHSs are still worth money to this day, and they are still in pristine condition. Too bad you can't watch them because no one owns a VCR. I own a VCR. No, you don't. It's not plugged up. <laughs> but I got one in the pawn shop, baby. How do you connect it to the TV? You know, I don't know. Anyway. I, you'd have to split some wires. Something weird would happen. It would be happen. really difficult. Let's get some banana clips. What is a banana clip? The only reason I know what that is is because of our stereo that's like wired through our house. <laughs> He's like, I need these banana clips. And I was like, I had to go to Lowe's. And I was like, how do I ask this man for a banana clip? For a banana clip. What if he gives you like a basket that you hang your bananas in? At Lowe's? Yeah. Like, what if you did that? That's not even a clip. What is that? That is a thing, right? You hang your bananas? Yeah. So anyway. they don't, they stay fresh longer? <laughs> no one likes a soggy banana. Did you banana. find the clip or I not? did find the clips. Okay. Excellent. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> let's, let's get back on to the topic at hand. We're going to be talking about the Titanic. I'm going to give you a little backstory. Everybody knows the story, but I feel like it's important to just kind of like replay the major events just so we're all called up here. And then we're going to talk about some of the creepy stuff associated with the sinking of the Titanic. Cool. You ready? Yep, ready to go. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little, a little bit of a history lesson here, ladies and gentlemen. in the 1900s the transatlantic travel was like all the craze everybody wanted to get involved with with, transatlantic travel yes with traveling across the atlantic ocean um upper class people super wealthy people really wanted to explore the sea and then there was a whole other group of people immigrants trying to either uh leave europe to come to the united states in hope of like better prospects and hopefully making more money for their family because i think that there was a lot of there was a lot of heavy stuff happening in europe in that time um so the white star chairman jay bruce ismay met with a man named william perry and he was the controller of the belfast shipping firm harold and wolf and they decided they were going to create a fleet of ships that were going to be the most luxurious things you've ever seen they were more about looking fancy than anything else um than safety clearly clearly uh they created three ships the olympic the titanic and the Britannic. And these three ships were supposed to be the bee's knees. So the Olympic and the Titanic were sister ships. They were built side by side and they both included ornate decorations. The Titanic had a first class dining saloon only for the first class passengers. And it was like one of the um, most luxurious of the time. It did look pretty fancy in the movie. Yeah, I think they did a did a pretty good job there. They had four elevators in the ship. They had a swimming pool. Its second class accommodations were comparable to the first class feature, which means like the second class was just a little bit below the first class, but it was still super nice. I can't imagine other ocean as opulent though. It was just a little bit dubbed down, but then the third class offerings, they were super modest. They were very small, but they were still comfortable. They weren't like sardines. I mean, they, in there. there was a lot of people in one room and they were much smaller and they were in the lower levels of the ship. So they didn't have like a view or any like access God, that to the gives outside. me the worst anxiety. The thought of that. I don't know if I could even go on a cruise because the thought their rooms are so small. I know a lot of people like cruises and it seems fun. Yeah, they do seem very fun. But for me, the rooms are so small and you're just stuck and you can't get away my th- it's not even like i'm not claustrophobic i just have a fear of drowning oh well this is a terrible story for you <laughs> yeah this is it's just it's not a stupid fear obviously no, no a lot of people but have a fear of drowning yeah it's just like 
being in that tiny with like nothing but a porthole also underwater views i don't want to see no you want to talk about like giving me the ick i love scary movies guys Mm -hmm. i love all of those things uh the movie jaws oh the underwater views no when the guy drops something or he's got to go into that sunken boat i'll never forget this scene and he's got the flashlight you know and he's swimming dude my toes are it gave me the chills yeah the the chicken skin is out in full force Um, i'm getting a charlie horse my toes are curling so hard (laughs) calm down i can't it gives me the fucking ick trevor don't look over here at my feet but you know like he's looking through there and all of a sudden he sees like sure no he sees like a man's goggles like i think it's a a dead person i think it's he sees a dead a, person i think it's what he sees a dead Yo, person lake placid oh that's another one. Oh, you loved that movie you Dude, were that's a popping movie. movie it's because it could be real a giant alligator living in a it lake was a crocodile oh true okay whatever and they do get pretty big yeah so these ships were fancy they were beyond fancy okay and they were some of the most expensive ways to travel um on april 10th 1912 the titanic set sail on its maiden voyage it was ready it had all the bells and whistles it was it was doing it so it tried it was going to travel from england to new york city and they nicknamed it the millionaire special the ship was fittingly captained by edward j smith who is also known as the millionaire's captain oh oh i have a fun fact about him Do i don't it. know if this is later sure he was also the captain of the olympia or the olympic yes he was he they chose him they called him the millionaire captain because he was so popular and like you said he was um he had been captain before he'd done this before for wealthy people he does not have a good track record no we'll get into that a little bit later here <laughs> so on board were a number of super prominent people. We're talking businessmen. We're talking about um, journalists. We're talking about um, the guy who created the ship was riding on the boat or whatever. Um, and then our Omar guy who wrote the book, the book of Omar. He was on there, the Ismay guy. Um, and then there was some, excuse me, there were some the actors. Hell? Sorry, I had a little tickle in my throat. <laughs> I'm going through puberty again. (laughs) Girls don't even do that. Uh, Whatever. After collecting all the passengers, they went to different places to collect the passengers. There were around 2,200 people and approximately 1,300 were passengers. So that sets it up. There's a lot of people on this boat. Um, Throughout much of the voyage, the wireless radio operators in the Titanic, Jack Phillips and Harold Brid, were receiving iceberg warnings. So the ship went underway. They've got these guys that are up in the... Um, it's the time of year, though, right? Wasn't that a big thing, too? Well, it's just the path they were taking, time of year. I think it all came together, like, you got to be careful. And so they were getting a lot of sightings because all of the ships were communicating together, and they were receiving messages like, you need to be careful. And they were passed along to the bridge. They told the bridge, this is what we're hearing. On the evening of April 14th, the Titanic began to approach an area known to have icebergs. So this area lots of ships have went down so like you need to be careful but why take that area why not chart a different path i i don't honestly i don't I mean, know if it added to the voyage it added to the voyage but it would be a safer path i i agree i mean i don't even know why you would even remotely go that way but apparently lots of ships were going in and out of there yeah and dying mm-hmm. so the captain he altered the ship's course to head a little further south, trying to avoid some of the icebergs, but he maintained the ship's speed at 22 knots. So he was still booking it, right? At about 9.40, um, the Mez, the, let me say, the Mesaba sent a warning of an ice field. So it's another ship. They were like, hey guys, there's a, a ship, there's a bunch of icebergs, be careful. The message was never relayed to the Titanic's bridge. That's one thing that happens on the ship that's like wild, okay? Mm. They never told anybody. At 10.55, the nearby Leland Liner, Californian, sent word that it had stopped after becoming surrounded by ice. They were like, we can't move any further. You need to be aware. <clears throat> what do you do in that sense? In that, you know, do you just like put it in reverse? and? I think they just wait it out. I, I don't Until know. Until what? The polar ice cap built? I don't know. Do they... I really, I don't know. I have Dude, no idea. I don't know why. I just picture like this big ass pole. And they're just like trying to. You know. Oh, they're all out there poking it and stuff. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. No. So Phillips, one of the guys I mentioned before, and he was in the radio. He's one of the radio operators. He was handling passenger messages and he scolded the Californian for interrupting him. 
So the Californian came over and was like, guys, we're stuck in an ice field. Y'all need to be careful. They're up ahead. And he was like, excuse me, I'm handling messages. Don't use this line again. Yeah. Yeah. That accent was cringe. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) 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 I hate you. Um, So they had two lookouts. They kind of, they were like a little bird's nest and they could see out, you know. Uh, Frederick Fleet and Reginald Lee, they were stationed in the crow's nest and they were, look, their task was just to make sure they could see all the way around the boat. And if there was an iceberg, they could be like, hey, yo, there's an iceberg. Their task was made difficult by the fact that the ocean was unusually calm. Also, it's dark. Very dark. And there would be little water breaking at its base. So I guess if you see an iceberg, when you have rougher water, it hits the iceberg. And yeah, you, you see, see some waves. Yeah. Um, also, another weird thing about this night, the binoculars that were supposed to stay in the crow's nest were missing. Tell me how that's not weird. Um, in the wise words of Mr. Brady Weaver, prior planning prevents poor performance. Well, I don't know what Nobody's happened. planning on anything this, in this house. Yes, this was... I also read when they were creating the ship and they test it, you know, like they, they have to make sure it's seaworthy before it can go out into open waters. They... Um, have you ever watched the, one of those on YouTube? No, I haven't. Gives me... The anxiety. It's scary. Yeah, when they first put a boat into the water. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. when they were doing that with the Titanic, it, it could hold like 42,000 tons or something like that. But once it was, I mean, don't quote me on the number, but I think it's something like that. They had it all decked out. So it got tested with the 42,000 tons or whatever. And they're like, oh, it's seaworthy. Let's go. Then they continued putting furnishings in it and it was maxed out. It was like 52,000 tons. So it, like, yeah, I mean, it's holding more stuff, so it lessens what it can carry in the hole. Yeah, I don't know if that played any part And people were bringing apart, like, bringing, like, the luggage they brought was, like, cars and, like, Mm -hmm. big, big items. Oh, yeah. Whole homes. I mean, you had millionaires traveling, so they were bringing all the business, you know? Imagine, like, you just buy a brand new, like, car, turn of the century. Nobody else is going to have this car in America. Mm Mm-hmm. Dead. Titanic. It's a bummer. Wasted all that time. Yep. So they see an iceberg and the bridge was notified. First officer William Murdoch ordered both the ship um, to make a, a, a hard starboard, which is like a maneuver to make sure that they turn really sharply. Okay. And they put the engines in reverse. The Titanic began to turn, but it was too close to avoid the collision. The ship's starboard side scraped along the iceberg and at least five of its supposedly watertight compartments were filled with water and they, they had been torn open. I read something where it said that if they probably would have hit the iceberg head on. It would have done less. It would have been less damage and they might have been able to stay afloat. Instead of the turn may have caused more damage than it was avoiding. Regardless, they didn't have enough stuff for people. No boats. Right. So Smith, the captain, ordered Phillips to begin sending distress signals. One of which reached the Carpathia approximately at like 12 a.m. on April 15th. And then the Cunard ship immediately headed towards the stricken liner. So they were headed there as fast as they could. However, they were 58 miles away. And they're also trying not to get hit by icebergs. Right. And it would take more than three hours before they could reach the Titanic. Bam. Other ships also responded, including the sister ship, the Olympic, but they were way too far away to reach the Titanic. And then a vessel was spotted nearby, but the Titanic was unable to contact it. Um, The California was also in the vicinity, but they had turned off their wireless and the captain had went to bed. Also, I don't know if you've talked about this. I read that the reason they could not reach him and they had turned off their wireless is because they were doing illegal seal fishing. Wow. What shitheads. Yeah, well, people, like, that guy, the captain or whatever, was like, oh, I just turned it off and went to bed. Well, um, everybody was like, F you, man. We know you were doing bad. Works. Like, yeah. everybody that was, like, crew and stuff were, like, getting, like, hate. Yeah. And they were like, well, you're right. Our shithead captain had us doing illegal things. Well, I kind of felt bad because they were trying to help in the beginning, but now I don't feel bad at all. These are buttholes that might be the wrong ship but one of the ships you just listed not the sister ship or the carpathia because i know that's the one that actually saves them in the end yes um but i think it's that one yeah i want to be i'm almost 100 percent sure the californian so the lifeboats began to be launched with orders women and children first right 
The Titanic number of lifeboats exceeded the required by the British Board of Trade. Its 20 boats could carry only 1,178 people, far short of the total number of passengers. So, they didn't have 20 actual boats. It had 16 actual lifeboats. And then four of these, like, pop-up things. Yes. They're, like, inflatables or something like that. So, they didn't have enough boats to carry all the people on board, obviously. But they had an exceeding amount of life jackets, what I thought was funny. They did. Um, They did not prepare. This problem was... um, So, they were... It made it super worse. So, because they were not filling the lifeboats to capacity. They would put... And first-class citizens were boarded first. Correct. So the crewmen worried that the davits—I don't know what that what that is—but would not be able to support the weight of a fully loaded boat. And I think those are the things that lower the boat into the water. I'm fairly certain, like the crane, you know, it's really high up, so they had to lower them a far ways. And they were scared that it wouldn't be able to hold a full load. So the lifeboat—they um, were putting like 20 people on there, but they can hold about 65. They were putting 27 people on these boats when they were meant to hold 65 people. Only 705 people would be rescued in lifeboats. Yeah. I hate humans. Yeah. Well, I I don't know who to blame. You know, it's like, who do you... These people were scared to put too many people on it because they thought the boat would fall. All right. I'm just going to say it. Why can't we use one boat as a test? I mean, I guess that's true. One boat. I mean, fuck it. Everybody's going to die anyway. Try it. <laughs> <laughs> One boat. Full of women and children. Go. No. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they had life vests on. They did. They did. And I don't, I mean, like, yes, it was, I mean, at some point when this ship was getting, like, more flooded with water, it was sinking closer to the water level. Right. Um, and the boat started to, like, shift. Tip. Yeah. Why not at that point just be like, load this mother up? Oh, yeah. I'd be jumping in there. Well, I'm sure people like, you know, at some point were like, we're not waiting any more lines. Get the F out of my way. Well, that's what happened. So, um, so a number of lower class people were trying to get to the boats and they started to rush the, the workers who were trying to put the people on the boat. And he takes out his pistol and he supposedly there's one instance where he shoots a man in the face. It was an accidental misfire. What he that's what it was claimed. What he claims. Well, one guy, one of the workers that did have a pistol, shot himself in the head. Yes, I did see that because he, he was like, I ain't, "I ain't doing this." Yeah, I'm not going down like this. Um. So as passengers waited to enter the lifeboats, they were entertained by the Titanic's musicians, which is in the movie. But this literally happened. Like this and is it's real talk. In the movie, it's kind of sad. It's so sad. So. They were initially playing in the first class lounge and then they moved to the deck so that because obviously the water was starting to fill. Um, So sources are different on how long they performed and what songs they were playing. But most of them are saying that they were playing either Autumn or Near My God to Thee. And none of the musicians survived any of the sinking. They went down with the ship. They did. Which to me, I mean, like if I'm in a life or death situation... And like they, I think they they stayed because they knew they weren't going to get a boat anyway. Well, they had to wait. Yeah, and they they knew they weren't going to make it. So like, good on them. But if I'm over here about to meet my maker and you're playing a fucking violin, yeah, I'm beating you to death with it. I, I don't know. I don't know why. It's so sad. It is sad. And it's like, I get it. Sadness. Like, go out do what you love, baby. I'm not going out doing what I love. I'm holding on to this railing over here, <laughs> pissing my pants. Oh, and you're over there just like fiddling away. Uh, everybody processes things differently. <laughs> I'm beating the shit out of somebody. I'm mad. Like big mad. So at about 2 a.m., the stern's propellers were cl- clearly visible above the water. Oof. And the only lifeboats that remained on the ship were those collapsible boats that you were talking about before. The ones that kind of like a fl- inflate or how whatever. How big were they, by the way? And I mean, not to keep interrupting you. How big were these collapsible boats? I think that they were smaller than the actual boats, but they were pretty good size. Do you think that someone could have, like, taken one and nobody would have noticed? Maybe. I don't know. I would have taken it and ran. You would think that somebody would try, but I think after the whole shooting thing happened when they were boarding the boats. um, You're going to drown or you're going to get shot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, either way, it's bad. Smith released the crew at 2 a.m. saying it's every man for himself. He was reportedly last seen on the bridge and his body was never found. 
So he, the captain, went down with the ship. Um, well, at approximately down ship. 218, the lights on the Titanic went out. Oh, man. And it is dark. They are in the middle of Ugh. open water. It's cold. It's dark. And then the ship broke in two, and the bow was going underwater. Hundreds of passengers and crew went into the icy water, and fearful of being swamped, those lifeboats delayed coming back to pick up people. They had to wait. They were scared that the suction would take, them down. would take them under the water. By the time that they rowed back, almost all of the people in the water had died from exposure. In the end, more than 1,500 people perished. Aside from the crew, which was had about 700 fatalities, third class suffered the greatest loss with approximately 710 people uh, only 174 survived out of that 710. Humans love to kill the poor. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, it's such a, such a terrible Not even thing. the poor, just like the lesser. Yeah. What they think is the lesser. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't have as much money as what is deemed appropriate. Mm-hmm. So you're like, hmm, you're fine. You're expendable. That's wild. Also, yeah, in the movie, mm-hmm. I know movies aren't real, guys. I don't need no comments. <laughs> um, we love comments. What are you talking about? Email us. I don't need no backhanded comments. Like they'd be like, <laughs> "Well, you know." I'm like, <laughs> anyway, in the movie, Jack and Rose hang on to like the top of the ship, right when it's going down, because yeah. they couldn't get a boat. Actually, she got on a boat, and her dumbass is like, "I love you so much. I'm gonna die with you." Yeah. Yeah. What a bad dude. I would have been like, get and your stupid ass back anyway. on that boat. And then he died anyway. So it's like, why did you do that? Yeah. So, so lame. dramatic. Was, they also could have fit. I know. I've seen all that. Anyway. Um, so they like hang on to these railings and then they, the ship is like being sucked underwater and then they just pop back up. That does not happen. Yeah. The vacuum of going down with that ship and being, just being in like a certain footage yeah. of it will take you down with it well that's why the lifeboats didn't return so even the people that were jumping off at a certain point unless you were like really swimming i mean like a good good swimmer even then you're fucked you're and going the, down with it these people were wearing like some of them were in evening wear some of them were wearing pajamas some of them didn't have shoes on very few people were dressed in full clothing <clears throat> like they were ready for bed. Yeah, it was bedtime. And they're swimming in 90s. And, like, they're being Dead. weighed down by robes or, like, evening gowns. Like, it ain't gonna help you. If it, I mean, if you're naked, you're dying quicker. I don't know. I don't know what the... It just seems... I mean, they have those life vests on, which did yeah. keep them afloat. Yeah. But, like, it doesn't matter. Life vest they or no life vest, you're yeah. not bobbing back up. All right? Yeah. I mean, you might later. Yeah. So, I have some bad omens as to what and this kind of leads people to think that the whole titanic situation is cursed like just mentioning it is a bad thing so during the construction in belfast a fire broke out inside the titanic's coal burners bunkers number one right off the bat they got some problems okay yeah so they get that under control when they were picking up passengers approximately 50 people had such a strong feeling about something bad going to happen that they refused to get on the ship and they lost like a small fortune like these were people who spent like money they'd saved a lifetime for especially if you're in the lower class they're like no i can't go there's just something telling me i shouldn't go jesus baby yeah jesus so whoever they believed in as, as the Titanic is picking up its passengers and pulling out of the harbor, it almost collides with the SS New York. It almost wrecks before it even leaves the harbor. Dude, this captain's cracked out. Yeah. Yeah. So, 14 years prior to the maiden voyage of the Titanic, this one gave me the ick. Like, it creeped me out. A short story was written by Morgan Andrew, who's an American writer. Mm, I read and that. And he wrote a fictional story about a sinking ocean liner called the Titan. After it had struck an iceberg some 400 miles from Newfoundland around the exact same location as where the Titanic sank. And the Titan didn't have enough lifeboats. That was the story. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Maybe creepy. This, maybe this That's guy, creepy. Maybe this guy had some special like powers. He could like, he was a, what is it called? Like divination? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he could see into the future. He, he was just wrote it, it out, and then he was like, "Well, shit." 
yeah this is a great short story i'm gonna publish it yeah and then it happened i bet you you know like 15 years later he was like what yeah <laughs> oh i hate that so you know we we're talking about edward smith the captain and you're like hey remember he was also the captain of the olympia yeah because i talk like that yeah he was already in involved in like other major incidents the olympia went down too so he he ran the ship aground he hit a tugboat in new york harbor and he was rammed by a warship hms hawk so i was reading that a lot of the so when he was removed from the sister ship Mm -hmm. and i guess they repaired it or something because it was it eventually went down as well at some point yeah but he used to captain that one because it was finished first so he captained that one and he like kept fucking shit up so <laughs> like bad yeah this isn't like bad mm, stuff were happening yeah and it's, i forgot to clock in no this is like <laughs> life and death so crew members were also assigned to go with him to the titanic and from other ships and people flat out refused quit their jobs got fired because yep. they were like i'm not working for this man mm-hmm. he is a clown mm-hmm. and my life is worth more than this old bitch. Yeah. Okay. And he confessed to his friends. He was like, I'm jinxed. Yeah. He would. He, thir- he thought he, that he was a shit person too. Yeah. He's like, I'm bad luck. And, and then like, you're like, what? <laughs> Find a different profession. Make Please. shoes. Do Please. anything else. Besides so, be on the water. Some passengers consulted psychics before they got onto the boat. Because remember, when we talked about spiritualism, this is in that whole. It's a turn of the century. Yeah. That whole time period people are talking to psychics it's very open about it people are doing it right so they were warned not to get on the titanic lots of people were um irish astrologer count lewis hammond known as serio cautioned the british newspaper editor wt steed against traveling on the titanic he said this is quote i see more than a thousand people you among them struggling desperately in the water they are screaming for help and fighting for their lives but it does none of them any good yourself included did homie die that was what his message message was steed still boarded the titanic he didn't heed this warning um he wanted to speak at a World Peace Congress at Carnegie Hall, and he was invited by the president, Taft. Um, he was last seen reading a book in the first-class smoking room when the chaos unfolded around him, um, and he was never recovered. There's a memorial dedicated to him on at Fifth Avenue Central Park, New York. Is Taft our president that was... Who died in the bathtub? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Just want to get that out there. Yeah, I was sorry. Mm-hmm. And... So the ship took three years to build and it took sunk in three hours, three hours to sink. Did you know about the movie Titanic guys that the, from start to finish is the exact, like the it's runtime is the exact time it took, uh, the Titanic to sink. I did not know that. Was that intentional? Yes. He wanted to prove like, like he was like, you know, he tried to stay historically accurate as well. Yeah. Other than, you know, the love scene. The whole, all of the people, so, okay, every two out of three people died. Yeah. If that puts it into perspective for you. Like, it was, it was pretty wild. Can you imagine? hmm We would not have been first class. Mm, absolutely not. What yeah. you got over there? Um, I was just going to say, I just focused on the dead people. Sorry. No, that's fine. For a first little while. I have so, some survivors, so you More than 1,500 the... people died. Right. More mm-hmm. than 1,500 people. Mm-hmm. Guys, 1,500 people yeah. died. And there were 2,200 people were on board. So there are no current living survivors. The last one died in 09, but she was literally a baby. When she was a passenger, she was two months old. Oh my gosh. So she has no recollection. Yeah. I want to talk about some curses that are associated with the okay. boat. So the first one I'm going to talk about is claims that were made. So when the Titanic sank, claims were made that the curse, this curse existed on the ship. I don't really know where it started. It's not really said what the source is. But the press quickly linked the Titanic curse with the White Star Line practice of not christening their ships. So Mm. this ship was never christened, which means... It was never blessed or whatever. I I don't know. I thought it was like a bottle of champagne. You said a bunch... You know, you break it over it. You save some words. And you're like, whoa, yeah, let's go on the boat. Yeah. But one of the most widely spread legends linked directly to the, the city of Belfast... 
And it's like, that's where the ship was built. So it was suggested that the ship was given the number 390904, which when reflected resembles the letters no Pope. Right. So obviously we're going to take it there. Uh, so a secretarian slogan attack. So this is thought to believe it was a slogan attacking Roman Catholics. Right. Used by extreme Protestants in Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. Right. I also read that that number, it's, it's hard to say that there's any truth behind it because it's a randomly right. generated number, but right. that could be part of the curse. True. So, um, in extreme sectarian, it is, it's a religion at the time, the ship sinking was alleged to be on account of anti-Catholicism by her manufacturers. Oh, they're anti-Catholic? No, they're just Protestants. So they were anti. They're, they're not they're anti. No, they were saying that the sects. That's what they're called. They were anti-Catholic, and that all of this. They were believed to be anti-Catholic. Okay, but most of people. There were a lot of people. Most in, people from Ireland are anti-Catholic. No, no, most like at the time because England was. This is the whole thing. England became full of Protestants, and then like because of Queen Elizabeth, and. Mary Queen of Scots was um, not a Protestant. She was a Catholic. And right. she, that's why like, it was this whole big thing. But Elizabeth was a pro- Protestant. And then Eli- Mary Queen of Scots' son became king. And he, he was a Protestant? You know, he reverted back to Catholicism, I think. Anyway, but there was many supporters of the Protestant faith in Ireland. And it started this whole uprising. Oh, Okay. I don't know how, like, truthful that is. I'm just going off what I found on it. I don't know enough about it to speak on it, but... I don't know enough either, but... It's just winging it on that, because I was like, I thought everybody in Ireland was Catholic. Yeah, I thought that was the thing. I don't know. I don't do religions. Um, anyway, so they thought this company that had built the ship was exclusively pro-Protestant, anti-Catholic. Okay. And they um, they had an almost exclusively Protestant workforce... An alleged record of hostility towards Catholics. They did not hire Catholic people. They found out you were a Catholic. Apparently, you were bullied. Man. Um, or they would do bad things to you. It didn't really go into a lot of detail. But they built the Olympic and the Titanic, and they were assigned yard numbers of 400 and 401, respectively. But it's only associated that the curse is on the Titanic and not the Olympic. Hmm. But they believe because of this randomly generated number that reflects in the water to say no Pope because they are so against Catholicism that God punished the Titanic and brought it down. I mean. Seems like some shit he would do just to prove a point. But I don't think that the big guy up there is really, you know, wanting to murder 2,000 people based on sassy people. I mean. I don't know. You know, I don't, we know. don't, I don't know. I don't know. What else you got? So now that I'm going to talk about the curse of a mummy. Oh, I love this one. This love is a it. little silly. But yeah. I like it. Yeah, okay. I like it. So even before the Titanic sailed out of the Southampton Bay on April 14th, 1912, on its maiden voyage. <laughs> What's happening? Nothing. I just wrote it all weird. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I don't <laughs> wanted to read it funny. That's fine. So it had 200 2,240 2, 2, passengers. passengers and crew on board. Mm-hmm. It appeared to be jinx. Like Stephanie said earlier, they had all this shit going on in production. Yes. So this is believed to be the car- the curse of a mummy. Like Stephanie said, almost collided with a freaking other ship. Also, mm-hmm. how does that happen? Like, were you not looking? Was no one looking? I don't know. These are really big vessels. Like, they're yeah, not it's so- not like a moped pulled out in front of you. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't get that. Anyway, did you know it costs... It, the Titanic was valued at $7.5 million in 1912. Man. But a, so, according to this guy named Bancroft, a sense of gloom hung over the ship. So, like Stephanie said, people like were like, I get this bad feeling. I'm not going to go. Yeah, bad vibes. They just couldn't explain it. They didn't know where it was coming from. I mean, crew members said the same thing. Like, they didn't know if it was because of the captain and all of his misfortunes. Right. They just follow his old ass around. (laughs) Smith should have been retired. Yeah, he should have retired like 20 years ago. So, they just couldn't put their finger on it. Well, 
Somehow, word got out that there was a sarcophagus lid, sarcophagi lid, of an ancient Egyptian princess Mm, aboard the ship. Mm -hmm. And her name was something I cannot pronounce, so we're not going to try it. Let me see it. Let's try it. Let's butcher it. I didn't even write it down. I didn't even give myself a chance. (laughs) All right. Okay. I don't set myself up for failure. We only do wins over here. So, homegirl died like 3,500 years ago, right? So, and they think because she had like a wrongful death or something and we unearthed her that she wanted like revenge. Okay. But what does that have to do with the ship? Well, just listen. Okay. I'm getting there, okay. bitch. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway. Abuse. So, she was apparently housed in like the British Museum of whatever, yada, yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. But, um. She constantly would cause, like, chaos and drama mm-hmm. everywhere she was put in these, like, museums. Every museum they put her in, something bad was happening. And people said, I did read something about this, saying that, like, people who worked in the museum, they would hear scratching or crying coming from where they stored her. Yeah. Like, she would, like, there was a guard who made this statement that he could hear scratching one night or something. And he was like, great, there's, like, something in here, like a rat or something. So mm-hmm. he goes in there and he investigates. And he comes out and he's mauled. One of his arms has just like. What? Like something grabbed him and ripped his arm. Did he say what did it? No, it was dark. This is pre-flashlight. I guess his lantern went out. I don't know. He, he didn't say see he didn't see what got him? Yeah. He, it was just like something happened and I was attacked and I just ran out of there and I come out and my arm is just clawed. He didn't feel it, whatever. He just felt like something touched him. What? Anyway, so they moved her out of this room and they put her in her own little Egyptian room. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to make her happy. But some uh, the, all this weird shit just kept happening mm-hmm. around her. So they were like, let's send her to America. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why some reports say that it was just a lid and not the whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've also heard that people say that she was never on the ship Mm, i don't believe this yeah i mean i because she was dubbed the unlucky uh mummy Mm -hmm. and the british museum uh doesn't i don't feel like i'm calling that the wrong thing doesn't acknowledge british history museum yeah but it doesn't acknowledge ever having a mummy that was labeled that or anything like that none of these things ever happened there but that kind of public publicity publicity <laughs> and we're back guys the sisterhood of secrets is now stumbling over the words <laughs> okay now that i got that off my chest yeah um so it doesn't look good right right so we're not gonna talk about that mm-hmm. although to me i'd be like hell yeah i want to go see this mummy yeah for real i want to um, be cursed oh i don't know about that i'm just kidding um <laughs> <laughs> so they claim that she was never there and I want to say her name's like Amon Ra, something crazy weird. It's pretty. You can look it up yeah. and she is a, she was a real human and they really did find her stuff. Yeah. But, um, but there's a lot of discourse saying like she was never on the ship or she was just never found. Right. Or that like, she never existed. She's probably one of up. the mummies we ate, you know, we did do that. Humans are fucking weird. Oh, we should talk about that on an episode. Yeah, we should. Anyway. It's a good one. <laughs> so, um, they were like, let's send her to America. So they put her shit on the ship in the, you know, the storage thing. Mm-hmm. And all this stuff started happening. They almost run into stuff. Stuff's missing. Mm-hmm. It's the curse of the mummy. That's what Bad everybody you said. Binoculars disappear. Yeah. Stuff's just happening. Messages aren't getting received. Captain Smith's on board. That's just curse enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, R.I.P. though. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. You're down with the ship. You, yeah. You did the right thing. Yeah. You, you, you tried. Yeah. Anyway, so ship goes down. Obviously, we did not, um, we, they didn't have the technology to go down and like check out the wreckage until much, much later, much like 70 years later. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, they've never found any trace of her or anything like that. They never found anything, but they found other wooden objects that are in near perfect condition unless you touch them. Right. So this ornate golden sarcophagus. Was just missed. They found bodies down there, like preserved, like bones and stuff, like people in their beds. Man, that's heavy. if you go and try to look at any like manifests or logs, there's that's no, missing. But I was like, if it's a curse, what if that's part of the curse? And they well, never. The Book of Omar was on the ship, and they never and, found any of that. And it's cursed. I mean, they say it's cursed. You know, yeah. Like anybody who had contact with the book, it just continues to just 
misfire. Things so, are going bad for them. It's widely believed that this is just a hoax and none of this ever actually happened because they could not find any valid proof. Right. But I will say this. We thought ghosts weren't real. And they're real, baby. They're fucking real. <laughs> if you don't believe in ghosts, you're wild. You just seems like your life is really boring. Yeah. What's it going to hurt to believe in them? Speaking of ghosts, today I was in my brand new build home. So it's not haunted. Happen? Something spooky happened to me. Can you save it to the end? Let's get through this. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Um, also, I wrote about the foreshadowing of the, the story, the Titan. Yes. And Stephanie ruined it for me. So. I'm sorry. Just remember the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> what a great movie. Yeah. Um, so, you talked about some of the um, the curses or whatever and some of the people that passed away. Uh, I'm going to talk about some people who survived. The boy who lived. Cursed. The so, boy who lived. He lived, but he was cursed. <gasps> Harry Potter. I okay. can relate Harry Potter in every fucking episode. You're, you're doing great. So, Madeline Astor. She was 18, and she had just become the wife of this millionaire, John Jacob Astor. And they were on John an extended... Jake. Stop it. They were on an extended honeymoon in Egypt, and they found out she's pregnant. And so, they're going to come home. She He was 30 years her senior. What? Yeah, she was 18. So, Madeline... Talk about some dusty-ass sperm. Oh, my gosh. So, what's wild here is that... Uh, she, she says that during when the ship, they find out finally that the ship is, there's some stuff happening. Everybody's super calm. Like nobody ever like explains that this is a really bad situation. They're like, Oh, did you feel that thump? It right. Was, it was a piece of ice. Yes. And so they're all put on their life jacket. She said at one point they're sitting in a parlor, like just waiting to get onto a boat. Um, her husband finds a life jacket and rips it open to show her what it's made out of. Cause he's senile. <laughs> so... She was boarded onto the boat and with the women and children. I'm not acknowledging <laughs> you. <laughs> and her husband tried to get on the boat with her, saying that she was in um, delicate condition. Yes, that's what it was. Um, because she was pregnant, and they were like, "No, you've got to wait. You have a penis, sir. <laughs> no, move yourself. Get out of here." So he didn't make it. Obviously, uh, she survived. And when she got back. She inherited roughly $5 million. Good for her. Get that money. Yes. And she gave birth to a boy that she named after her late husband, John Jacob, Mm -hmm. right after about four months later, a few months later. Um, But there was a stipulation to the wealth. In order for her to keep the money, she had to be unmarried. What's wrong with that? She, well, I guess she had a hard time because she fell in love with a childhood friend. She was 18, you know. She fell in love with a man named William Dick and he... (laughs) Going by fast like <laughs> his name is William. Just can't even talk. Sorry, I'm 12 and a half. He was a wealthy businessman, so like she was leaving a fortune, but she was walking into another one, so she was fine. Uh, she had two sons with him. In 1932, she went on a trip. She was feeling kind of bored with her life, and she met a prize fighter named Enzo Fermonte, and they engaged in a toxic love affair. They were both married, and they what? both had She's children. She's bored with her life? Mm-hmm. She just survived one of the worst maritime... Mm-hmm. I feel like I said that wrong. Maritime? Maritime? Yeah. Disasters. Disasters. I couldn't get it out. I just fucked myself up. <laughs> and she's like, man. Because well, you're focused on dick. <laughs> William. Dick. Um, Bill Dick. <laughs> so she divorced Dick and she married this guy. But what's terrible is that Enzo was extremely abusive. Well, yeah. They said that she had a broken arm in one instance. She was covered in bruises from head to toe. Like it was a really bad, really, really bad um and that you think that's her curse? relationship because she made a poor decision <sighs> maybe because she okay. was thinking with her dick so she she finally escaped and she got a divorce around 1937 and she struggled like nothing worked out for her she was like one mistake after the other she became addicted to prescription pills and she she started um overusing she had she died of heart failure they say and they don't know if it was um, like an, an overdose but it probably she was only 47 so from 18 to 47 it was wild just life wild for her yeah she's like man i would get some like common ground my husband died he drowned in mm-hmm. freezing cold waters mm-hmm. i could have just remained unmarried had all the uh, affairs in the world and nobody yeah. would have said a word but she's like nope that dick just got me she fell so, in love with william yeah dick yeah. and had two children with him she could have done all of these but things but then she cheated on william 
Yeah, she couldn't loan him that much. Yeah. I don't know. So her life was just full of like misfortune, icky stuff. Yeah. It didn't work out for her. Probably because she was an 18 year old mom and just started making really bad decisions. And was given so much money all of a sudden, you know? Yeah, that's a lot of so another guy, his name is Jack Thayer. So he was 17 years old when he was on the ship and he was traveling first class with his family. Um, and during the sinking, his father and him couldn't get on a lifeboat and they had to jump from the rail as the boat began to capsize. He he's quoted as saying when he hit the water, it was so cold that he felt like his lungs had exploded. Like they he felt like they just like. Yeah, and he remembers being under the water and just like spinning and spinning and spinning. And finally, he made his way up to the surface and he could take a breath. And he was just like, I can't believe there were no water in my lungs. He's like, I feel like I was down there forever. His father did not make it. And him and his mother were the only survivors. After the survive, after surviving, he married a woman named Lois Cassett in 1917. And it just he just kind of had a, a poor, a, a rough life, okay? Like, he seemed like a really good guy, and I feel like there was a lot of heavy hits. So, his first child died due to the Spanish flu. And then, after that loss immediately, he pretty much had to leave to go fight in France during the First World War. And he witnessed lots and lots of terrible things. Like, human loss on a massive scale, right after he had just survived a, you know, a crazy disaster. Um, His children, they say that he never smoked, smoke. That he never spoke about any of his trauma. And they, they say that maybe it's because men in that time just didn't Also, why didn't share express. your burden with your children? Right, right. Um, and around the 1940s, Jack decided he was going to write down all of his experiences. Just I think he just had a change of heart and he just wanted to share it. And his kids were bigger. They were like adults. In October of 1943, so this is right after he had like published this little memoir, I guess. Um Honestly, I don't even know if it was published. I need to look into that. But he wrote it all down. He learns that his son, Lieutenant Edward Cassett, was a, he was a co-pilot. He, um, his plane was bombed or destroyed over the Pacific Ocean. And that just kind of like this whole like. Just sent him over the edge, man. Right. He remembers being in that icy water, any type of water. He remembers being in that open ocean and just it kind of traumatized him all over again. So six months later, after he lost his son, his mother, a fellow Titanic survivor, she was 72. She died. Okay. Can't live the weird thing is, is that her name was Marion. Marion died on April 14th, 1944, which was the 32nd anniversary of the Titanic sinking. She died on the day. So on the morning coincidence i think not yeah i think not on the morning of september 18th 1945 50 year old jack left his office at the university of pennsylvania drove to the streets of philadelphia and he decided he was going to take his own life he slit his wrists and his throat god dang son yeah and he was 50 i just feel like that was an overkill i mean that's a wild thing man i don't even know and I've got one more and she's, this one's wild. So I just wanted, I noted their ages because it's like they were all got on the boat as teens and they all died in their late forties, early fifties, which is weird. Why is that weird? I don't know. It's just like a quinky dink. What if they had a really great life? What if there was a survivor who had a great life? I'm sure there was. Fantastic. They lived to be up to like 80 years old. Yeah. So my last one is Dorothy Gibson. So she was a silent screen movie star and she was on the boat with her mother and they both survived. Uh, she met a film producer named Jules Brulator and he was big in the game, right? And he was also married. She what met him on the ship. And after the sinking, they devised a plan to create a film based on this tragic event because she was a movie star and he had the money and whatever. That's a great thing to do. Right. Yeah. So, so appropriate. So, and she was kind of like that. like Inappropriate? Yes. It seems like it was she's yeah. trying to have an affair with a married man. So Gibson supposedly broke down during the filming due to the trauma she was reliving because they were like talking about, they were in the water and stuff like that. And she was like, but other people were like, no, it was all for the cameras. Like she was very she didn't into the uh, attention. Mm. So I hate people like that. Right. What's wild though. It's no bueno. Gibson was on one of the lifeboats, right? Her and her mother. Mm-hmm. And when the lifeboat little guy, the little 
I wouldn't, I guess, captain. Like they were like, we need to go back and get some people. She was adamant about not going to get survivors. What a fucking shock. Yeah. So bad juju. Yeah. Gibson lived as this guy's mistress for years and she finally married this guy and it didn't last long because months into their marriage, they're both seeking out other partners. <laughs> yeah. She sucks. I know. I don't know um, if she was cursed or she was the curse. They, they divorced in 1919 and Gibson left to go with her mother to Paris. So this is where it gets wild. Okay. She's like, I'm going to try to brave the waters again. So displaying her typical poor judgment she and her mother believed that hitler would win the war okay they decided Stephanie, they why were, did you pick her just wait they decided that they were going to align themselves with the fascist people she was a nazi gibson fell in love with another man named antonio ramos and he was a press press attache for the spanish embassy in paris her mother for her part was she idolized mussolini who chose to base herself in Florence. So as Dorothy was driving from Paris to Florence and she was going to bring her mother back to France, Germany invaded Holland and Belgium. She was attacked, okay, and they put her in a concentration camp. What, I mean, what for? I think just during the invasion, they were like, what are you doing? You're an American, blah, blah, blah. And they took her to a concentration camp or an internment camp. That's what they call it, but it wasn't a concentration camp. Um, I ain't trying to be a bitch when I say this, but if you want to support Hitler, yeah, this might be some comeuppance. Yeah. So the Nazis took her to the camp, and she said it was like the living death, right? She made the love of her life there? No. (laughs) She said that she would have died there if she had not um, met another person uh, who was like a double agent, and together with two men, they were smuggled out of the concentration camp. And under the, this pretense of them being a spy. So for Gibson, this was like a role, like an acting position she was going to play. She had to act this part. She was arrested in Zurich and interrogated. And they deemed her too stupid to be a spy. So they released her back into That American better be custody. on that bitch's tombstone somewhere. Yeah. So after the war ended in 1945, Gibson, who had like crazy high blood pressure, she's been traumatized from this event where she was in the camps and all this crazy stuff. She died um, of a heart attack. No, she's wild. I feel like I'm really a bad person saying that, but something about her just gives me the ick. Well, I mean, she didn't seem very nice when you say, I mean, I don't know how much truth there is to saying that she didn't want to go back and get survivors. There's always that one person. I don't care who it is. It may not even been her, but there's always that one person. Yeah. That yeah. values their life over the lives of Others. literally everybody. Yeah. Are you going to share with us the new information that you found today? Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. So we were talking about the Titanic. And then, like I said, like my friends and I have been discussing it or whatever, just because we were reliving old memories. And then Taylor came across something cool or not. Well, I should say cool. Something interesting and creepy weird. Um, I'm going to say cool because I'm that person. So today I was just like typing in because I wanted to find some more Titanic stuff like last minute. That's what I do before every recording day. I just want to make sure that I'm fully prepped. Yeah. So the Titanic tourist sub went missing today. So I didn't know you could take tours, but it's not like an actual tourist sub. Apparently um, you can go down there, but I think you have to pay like this like god awful amount of money. So it's like, you know, it seems like something that rich people can only do. So the contact with the submersible that's what it's called that's what they say in the article was lost about one hour and 45 minutes into the vessel's dive uh the u.s coast guard tried to make contact and received nothing the tour firm ocean gate said it was exploring exploring all options to get the crew back safely government agencies and deep sea firms are helping to um spearhead a rescue operation they can't find it they can't find them there's only so many places they're going to go if they're going to look my at the thing, Titanic. My thing is, is um, look around. That's Open what I'm your saying. Eyes. So just listen. Ocean Gate charges $250,000 a seat for the expedition, expeditions to the Titanic, which lies some 38,000 meters or 12,500 feet beneath the waves. So that's about 435 miles, 700 kilometers south of St. John's, Newfoundland, where they went down. 
So these people are just lost out there. I, I they have radar. Like they're not get, receiving any transmissions from them. Taylor, what the heck is so going on? So the missing on? craft is to be believed to be Ocean Gate's Titan. Are you kidding? Titan submersible, a truck-sized sub that holds five people and usually dives with a four-day supply of oxygen. Hamish Harding, a 58-year-old British billionaire businessman and explorer, is among those and is on the missing submarine. Taylor, legit, the name is Titan? Yeah. I, I don't know if that's just, like, what they call everything. Because, you know, Titanic. Titan. Still, that's yeah, weird. Stupid. So, on social media at the weekend, Mr. Harding said he was proud to finally announce that he would be aboard the mission to the wreck of the Titanic, but added that the due to the worst winter in Newfoundland in 40 years... This mission is likely to be the first and only manned mission to the Titanic in 2023. So if you don't know, Titanic is slowly just like dissipating. It's falling apart. Right. It's been there for a really long time. Right. And it's animal life, ocean life. The salt water water is eating away. So we're not going to be able to look at it for very much longer. So obviously somebody's going to try to monopolize on that. So, he later wrote, a weather window has just opened up and we are going to attempt a dive tomorrow. So, weather conditions are already not good. This is scary. Just like when they fucking took off in the Titanic. So, OceanGate said in a statement that its entire focus is on the crew members in the submersible and their families. We are deeply thankful for the extensive assistance we have received from several government agencies, not just America, but Canada and across the, you know, across the pond um, in efforts to reestablish contact with the submersible because they have not received any contact since they went down. The company what is happening. Megalodon. Taylor, they were not swallowed whole. <laughs> if they ne- y'all can't see my eyeballs. They're if really they, large. If they never find them again. I Megalodon. Really, I really hope that they find I mean, them. obviously they're going to. The company bills the eight-day trip on its carbon fiber submersible as a chance to step outside of everyday life and discover discover something truly extraordinary. Death. (laughs) Not the death part, sorry. Uh, That's so scary. And how many hours of air do they have? So they have 96 hours of air. And how long have they been missing? And that's if you don't panic. So they went missing today. They went missing today. That is so creepy. So the length of the vessel is 6.7 meters or 22 feet. So it's like a bus. Mm-hmm. The capacity is five people for 96 hours. And that is if you keep a calm, steady, level breathing level. Right. For any amount of time that you hyperventilate, panic, yell, you're get excited, air. you're sucking up oxygen and putting out CO2. And it can only go to a depth about uh, 4,000 meters or 13,123 feet. But if you're in the belly of a megalodon, I guess you're just, you know, it doesn't matter. So the submersible usually carries a pilot, three paying guests, and what the company calls a content expert, which just means he knows what he's talking about. Like he's gonna yeah, be like, he's giving us a tour. And you have like a porthole window to look through. I can't. I can't a single even. porthole window. It's a really large porthole. Is it? <laughs> so the trip set sail from St. John's in Newfoundland, which is around 370 miles from the wreckage site. Each full dive to the wreck, including the descent and ascent, reportedly takes around eight hours. Oh my gosh. Obviously, they have, have a contingency plan because they give so much oxygen. Right, right. So Where I, are they? I don't know. They're just uh, bebopping around. That's what's scary is like, even Did if you know something... that we didn't even discover the wreckage until 1985? How wild. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, but they're missing. Yeah, thoughts and prayers, man. Thoughts and prayers. And if you see a megalodon, now's the time to speak up when you come up. Okay. Taylor, if they see a megalodon, a megalodon tooth was Swallowed found in the. I can't, I can't even talk. You've got me all jibble jabbled. A megalodon tooth was found in the wreckage of the Titanic once already. I'm traumatized and I'm really sad for these people and I hope that they I don't know. If anybody gets any anybody information, any, yeah, share it. Yeah. Like email us so that we can share it on the pod so that we can I don't know. I don't watch the news, but I, I actually might try to I, I don't know if our news is going to talk about that. 
it's just wild that we were talking about the Titanic. We're freaking clairvoyant. We know things. Dun, dun, dun. We gotta tell Nia. Yeah, we needed her to put some, like, positive hoodoo on the world. Yeah, so for real. They'll find them. Maybe they pop back up and they're just, like, somewhere they're not supposed to be. Why, though? That's not the Bermuda Triangle. Well, <laughs> maybe, like, the weather was so bad that, it, like, the currents pushed them way off course. I don't know enough about currents and weather and I don't why either. they couldn't go. But I know if the winter's harsh, it would make it, like, there's ice everywhere and stuff like that. It's not good for traveling. Ugh. Ugh. Stuck in the tube. <laughs> the creeps stuck in a tube yes all right as we know 76 guys getting stuck in a tube yes all right guys so Slides we'll see you, for you. <laughs> we'll see you next time um i hope you enjoyed this episode bye. bye make sure you follow us on our instagram account sisterhood underscore of underscore secrets and our facebook page sisterhood of secrets if you would like to share any of your spooky or unexplained encounters, email us at sisterhoodsecrets1 at gmail. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Bye for real.